Welcome to Locked On Heat. On today's show, are the Heat better off if Dwayne Wade signs in China? And when will he make that decision? Plus, who will make a bigger impact next season, a healthy Dion Waiters or an engaged Hassan Whiteside? Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Let's get to the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the Heat in the NBA for Fansided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romello, credentialed NBA writer who's covered the Heat and League at large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRomello13. We're opening up the mailbag today because that's what we do on Mondays, and we've got questions about how the Heat will fill out the rest of its roster and how a healthy Dion Waiters and a healthy Hassan Whiteside could help the team. But let's start with Dwayne Wade, who is yet to make a decision about his future. And our first question comes from Marcus via Patreon. And he writes in, am I crazy or would it be the would it be best for the Heat if Wade accepts that offer from China? We won't have to worry about finding time for one more guard. And maybe Dion does enough by the trade deadline to get traded. If the plan is to have Jay Rich start at the two and Winslow start at the three, D Wade not being on the roster might help things. David, what do you think? That's a, there's a lot going on there. There is. That's a, a pretty a heavy question there. So, first of all, yes, you are crazy, Marcus. We love you. We appreciate your support, but no, no team without Dwayne Wade is a good team to watch. Um, as far as the plan is concerned, I think you're wrong. To be honest with you, I don't think that's the plan at all. I think. Unless you're implying that if Dion gets traded, then Jay Rich starting at the two is the option and have Winslow starting at the three, that's what might make sense. But with Dion on the roster, he's going to be the starting two guard. That's just the case. If he's healthy, he'll be starting from day one at the two. And then either Richardson will start at the three. That's more likely what will happen the way it was last year with Tyler Johnson starting at the two. So uh, I think that plan is more likely than what you suggest there. As far as Wade accepting that offer from well, China. Wait, we, let, let's talk about that because that is the foundation sort of of the question. It's the, it's the second part, but if that's what that's kind of like the starting hypothesis, right? Like that's where we got to – do we think Jay Rich – should be starting at the two or do we think that's necessarily Riley's plan or, you know, Eric Spolstra's plan or whatever. And then if we, I think that's actually more likely than Winslow starting at the three, I still think they view justice Winslow as a super sub yeah. coming off the bench. Um, cause he can you know, do so board. much because he can run the point because he can play defense across the board. I mean, yeah. exactly. I think they, I think they look at justice Winslow as their version of Andre Iguodala. He that comes off sense. the bench, plays starters minutes, but when he comes in, fills in whatever he, the heat need, given the matchup that they're playing that night. Yeah. Um, or that, or he's an eventually a stretch four if they can move off of James Johnson's contract. It's, I would say it's one of those two things. I don't see Justice Winslow being a small forward uh, at this point. But Josh Richardson at the two, I think, is more likely. And if they can figure out a way, like Marcus says, if Dion plays well enough, because you're right, if he's, star- if he's healthy, he's starting at the two guard. But what if he plays well enough that they're able to trade him and they get a decent enough offer? Like, I'm not talking about trade him and just, just to get off the contract, but what if there's a contender out there that says, we need somebody like Deion Waiters. Miami's willing to get off of that money because they're looking for, to get off of some money by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Deion Waiters does present, a healthy Deion Waiters presents my, one of Miami's best chances to do that, right? To get off that money and get under the luxury tax, um, regardless of Wade comes back or not. So that is that is possible. And then there's always the, the option of trading Goran Dragic, um, 
and moving Dion to the, to point guard, which you and I have talked about several times, mm-hmm. I think there is maybe a world where Josh Richardson does start at the two. But that said, um, it, to get back into the Dwayne Wade piece of this, there is a lot of guards on this roster, and I could see Marcus's point of saying, like, look, if the Heat aren't going to win the championship this year, right? then why even have Dwayne Wade on the roster? We should be developing Josh Richardson, Dion Waiters, Tyler Johnson, all these other guys. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... That's true, but that's not the case. It's the roster that we have. And so we can't we can't project how this team would look like without certain players on that roster because the reality is this is who's on the roster. This is who's likely to be there in September when we open camp in just a few weeks. I, I don't think Dion's getting traded. I don't think Tyler Johnson's getting traded at this point. I mean, n- neither of those cases was likely at the start of the summer. They're certainly less likely now. Um, I, I still... I have faith that Dion can still contribute at a high level in a number of ways, not just from being a willing scorer, um, but also a guy who can create offense for others, a versatile defender who can play defense well on a number of positions. We're forgetting that he brings that to the table. And I think we're remembering what he was last year and the fact that for the most part, his career has been erratic. I think his last season in Oklahoma City showed something that we hadn't expected from him. And I think his one season healthy in Miami showed that he could be a capable lead scorer. And I think that's the kind of player that they expect to get back. And if that's the case, they are invested in his future and having him be a key part. Now, to to Marcus's suggestion about whether or not Richardson should start at two, that's probably best for the team. That's probably best for Richardson. That's where he projects to be a more impactful player. And I agree 100%. Unfortunately, that's just not the roster that we have. But if you do trade Dion, making that a reality, then you need Wade all the more because he provides mm-hmm. that same spark that Dion was supposed to have provided. And we saw that in the few months that Wade was on the roster. So I think Wade's talents are duplicative of what um, Dion provides. Although I think you can wait at this point would be more willing to come off the bench, allowing Richardson to play the two. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, No, I agree with everything with, with, with everything you're saying, especially with Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne Wade has so much more. I shouldn't say has so much more to give, but he does have a lot that he could provides to this team that might, that the heat aren't going to get elsewhere. Despite Miami having a bunch of guards, despite Miami having Dion waiters, potentially healthy Dion waiters this season, Dwayne Wade provides a type of leadership, a type of, you know, veteran savvy, yeah. a, 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 le- a you know, leadership offensively that nobody else in this roster has, right? And Goran Dragic is the closest thing they have to that. But, the, but Dwayne Wade even then still has a little bit more of that alpha dog mentality to him yeah. than a Goran Dragic has. And we saw that that was a that really helped them in a few games. It won them a playoff game. It was a really big deal. Now, obviously, you can't rely on Dwayne Wade to do that on a game-to-game basis like you once were able to. Yeah. But that is something that, despite him being redundant out of position, his skill set is not redundant whatsoever. As much as Deion Waiters wants to say it is, Deion does not have that level of veteran savvy that Wade has. He does have that ability to be—he has that alpha dog mentality. He, does. he doesn't have that combined with the veteran savvy that, that makes Wade so special. Now, I'm, um, I'm curious to see whether or not that combination might work, like whether or not Wade being— traveling with a team on a daily basis at the start of the year. Let's assume that Waiters is healthy. Okay. I think Dion will listen to Wade. 
because I think I he listened to Kevin Durant and he listened to Russell Westbrook when he was in Oklahoma City, um, and I think he's more willing to to listen to to Wade and what he has to offer and the kind of lessons that he can impart. And I think Wade's at that point in his career, perhaps for the first time ever, and we saw this last year, where he's more willing to be the mentor to younger guys on this roster. He did it for Richardson, he did it for Tyler Johnson, and for Justice Winslow. I could see him taking Dion under his wing and helping him harness his talents in a productive way where we could see the very best version of waiters and that's what i'm hopeful for i look from right. so many aspects of this look i love waiters i love seeing him play when he's playing at a high level and i like i feel the same way about Dwayne wade i want to see those games that we saw in the playoffs i want to see that game against philadelphia where he single-handedly won that game for miami the fact that those moments can still happen make that all the reason i need to have wade come back from an entertainment value yeah. absolutely and I, if are the Heat better with Dwayne Wade on the team or off the team? They're better with him on the team, and that I think is what Pat Riley keeps talking about. Like, no, yeah. Dwayne Wade's still a good player; he could still contribute. And then, like what you're saying, yeah, maybe you know Marcus is talking about you know is it better if we put Josh Richardson at the two for a future development, Winslow at the three, blah blah blah. Uh, well, no, like you said, Dwayne Wade has a mentor role there, so regardless of what position they're playing on the court. You know, there is a lot of value in Dwayne Wade's mentorship, as yeah. not only with Josh Richardson and Justin Winslow, but at Deion Waiters as well. Dwayne Wade still has to make that decision. We'll yes. talk about when he'll make that decision after this quick break. Back with Locked On Heat. The Heat have talked about how they missed Deion Waiters last season. We'll talk about what a healthy Deion brings to the table later on. But let's take this next question about Dwayne Wade from Tamisha, who asks, If Wade resigns, how many years would it be for? And when is that decision coming? So, and there's a second part to this question that we'll get to after this. But uh, if Dwayne Wade resigns, how many years would it be for? We both agree that it would probably be one year. Now, maybe Dwayne Wade <laughs> finds the, the, you know, the, the uh, what's the thing? Fountain that, of Youth. The Fountain of Youth. There we go. Maybe Dwayne Wade finds the Fountain of Youth and says, you know, let's run it back for another year after this year. But if he resigns, it would be a one-year contract, correct? It seems most likely, yeah. I mean, he's he's taking a one-year deal. I think that's what he feels most comfortable with going on a year-to-year basis at this point in his career. That's not to say that if he had a really productive year and he wants to come back next season or the following season, what is that, the 2019-20 season, that he, right. would do, that he wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I think he'd be willing to, and I think the team would be willing to have him again. But it just it makes sense. Look, I, I've been a long time proponent or not proponent, but I, I feel like he's likely to retire. But if he does come back, I think it would be for a one year to have a, a longer version of what he experienced over the last two months of the season, which is the kind of goodwill that he can only receive in Miami and, and Cleveland. He was a disruptive force because he was LeBron's longtime friend and a guy who didn't necessarily fit with that roster that was constructed very, very poorly to possibly go for a title run. They wound up doing so despite Dwayne Wade's contributions and after he was traded anyway. But I think, you know, coming back to Miami was just such a positive moment for him. So for him to recapture that for a longer season, kind of just another year to just say, you know what, I love the league. I love every experience traveling with a team. All the things that we remember hearing Chris Bosh talking about that he missed the most. The fact that he just lost that camaraderie, those connections that he made over the, the decade plus of playing in the NBA. I think that's what Wade wants to try and recapture one last time, experience it if he does choose to to re-sign with a team. So I can't see him coming back for more than a year if he comes back at all. Are you uh, 
Are you swaying on your decision at all? You you've been pretty steadfast and positive that you think he's retiring. The longer this drags out, do you do you waver a little bit on that? You know, I, I feel it's like my own personal feelings is I just want him to come back because it was such a yeah. positive thing. Start uh, talking yourself into it. Yeah, kind of. I, you know, I, I really do want to see him in a heat uniform again and, and, and playing alongside a healthy group. Um, and, and I think that's, I don't know, I really, I see him, you know, participating in, in these kinds of off-season activities. I see him working out. Well, here the, the biggest thing to me, yeah, he's got a new shoe. <laughs> he can't show like, that off retired, right? Right. I'm like... Just for the like first year of this lifetime contract with leaning, right? Right. You've got the new way of Wade sneaker. You gotta kind of go out and show it off, right? Like, it, has that ever been done before? Season? Has somebody ever introduced a new line of shoes and not played through? Like, I mean, is there like a Kobe shoe that that, that came out after he'd already retired? Post retirement. I mean, Jordan has this new shoe come out all the time. I think Kobe's got. I don't know if Kobe has the post retirement shoe. I think they keep doing different versions of the old shoes but i don't know that they have like another number like this is the way of weight seven right right that's a whole other i'm not a sneakerhead so i i don't know the history of it to be honest with you but uh yeah it's 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 an interesting thing to look at right yeah um and then so the other part of uh tamicia's question here is when is the decision coming so pat riley said uh on a on a conference call last week that he wants a decision by mid-august and or expects a decision by mid-august i should I shouldn't say once a decision, but expects one by mid-August. Uh, Dwayne, Ray, Dwayne Wade recently told uh, Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press that he has he doesn't really have a timetable. He says, quote, in due time. So, look, I'm not going to – some people might read into this and say and, – and think that maybe Riley is pressuring Wade and Haslam as, as well to make a decision soon. I don't read it that way. I think he's just – he maybe thinks a, a decision by mid-August – is probably about when he has a sense that Wade, because he's been talking with Wade and his agent and all that stuff. Yeah. So I expect right about then, maybe mid-August, late August. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. And and for Wade, you know, why not take his time? I, I think. Yeah. I think that the team isn't going to be making all that much more of a splash uh, this summer. I, I just think that time lim- well, frame has closed. Um, and, and if there, if a move was going to be made, it likely would have been made by now. So this is the roster that we're likely to move into as training camp nears. And for him, there's no rush. I mean, it's not like he has it. I mean, it's not going to change anything. If he wanted to train with the heat, he could. He's working out on his own. He's done this enough over the course of his career where he knows what that, that, that time frame should look like as far as getting ready and getting to, into that mentality. He's probably just taking the time. Look, he's he's enjoying his summer. He's traveling with his family. He's traveling with his friends. He's all over the place. He'll be in Orlando next week for the the Junior NBA World Championship. I mean, he's doing these things still connected to the league because he's been a big part of that for you know fourteen plus years now, and and I feel like he's you know he's entitled to make the decision whenever he feels comfortable in doing so, um, and and you know he's not it's not going to be disruptive. It's not going to be. It's also I think if he's going to make a retirement announcement. If he had done it two weeks ago, it would have been lost amid the news of LeBron's free agency and yeah. DeMarcus Cousins' free agency and all the different things that have happened over the last few weeks that kind of upset the, the Apple I'm wondering if, if, if there's any – I just don't see anything that's going to change between now and mid-August that's going to sway Wade's decision. I have a feeling that he knows which way he's going to go. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is more about – maybe this isn't Dwayne Wade's decision right now. I wonder if this is Mickey Arison's decision. 
if we're waiting on Mickey Harrison to decide whether or not he wants to pay more of the luxury tax. Well, that's the thing, right? Riley did say he'd have to check in with ownership, meaning Mickey I'm Harrison. wondering if this is... Uh, the ball seems to be in Dwayne Wade's court. I wonder if the ball's actually in Mickey Harrison's court right now. And just a, it's just a theory, right? Based on all the circumstances. Now, you're right, Wade. He is distracted by family traveling and the, he had the whole China thing. So I think there was a lot of buildup and... and that was a very busy time for him, and now he's got his son's uh, junior championships in Orlando coming up next week. So there's a lot going on in the in the world of Wade, but I do wonder if they're almost waiting on Mickey Harrison's word, or if they're maybe trying to make a move to get under the cap before they resign Wade. I don't know. Um, it, it, there's a lot going on there. But let's go into the second part of this question. Uh, will there be any more moves for the team in free agency? And that actually leads us into another question we got from Dylan, who asks... If Wade and Udonis Haslam retire, what two players can you see the Heat signing to fill the roster? Um, so, David, you and I put a, a list together of, of guys. Um, we each have our own independent list of guys we think that the Heat could target um, to kind of fill in for Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam should they leave. And Miami, by the way, would also have to sign one more player. Right. Um, so they, they've actually got three open roster spots if Haslam and Wade don't come back. So uh, let's just go through them. I know that there's one name on your list that you're really excited about. Well, I will say this. To answer the second part of Tamisha's question, I, I don't think that any other moves will happen other than potentially re-signing Wade and Udonis or having to fill those gaps if they right. choose to retire, which, you know. That would be it. Yeah. It. yeah. It's not like there's going to be some big name free agent that we can potentially lure over here. But anyway, there's, as far yeah, as... There are no contributors coming back. It's right. going to be end of the bench or Dwayne Wade. So I, I think an obvious fit, despite the glut of guards, you want to have some kind of continuity, somebody who knows the system, who can provide, if not the same kind of skill set that Wade can, somebody that at least can space the floor a little bit, can run some offense if there's an injury. And I think a perfect fit, Mario Chalmers, still a free agent, working his way back, already working out in South Florida, has been there uh, on a number of events already. And I think he would be a, a great fit, somebody that Spolster feels comfortable, that would love to, to have him come back on the team. I, I could really see Chalmers coming back. I could see Chalmers coming back, even if Wade and Udonis did come back to the team. I think he just he's a Ooh. good fit as far as, a, again, as a playmaker, passer, uh, you know, a tall guard, somebody who can play the, the two now and, and, and the one if he wanted to. Um, you know, obviously there's still concerns about his health, but I, I can see Chalmers being a great fit on this Heat team. Maybe I'm in the, in the, in the minority. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think he would be a great fit. I just don't see the Heat running that back. I think that I think they're ready to kind of move on. Mm -hmm. If they go with a point guard, I, I see them going younger. Okay. I see them going with somebody who can grow and maybe eventually replace Goran Dragic, best case scenario. You know, um, I, I thought I just, about it from that perspective. You know, I, I kind of looked at my list in two ways. I looked at it as bringing guys that the Heat are already comfortable with, and I have Chalmers right. and Luke Babbitt on that list. You know, yes, Luke I Babbitt's a guy who, yeah. who spaces the floor, obviously, and has been there for two, two different stints with the team. But I just don't see my... Miami's just never been the team that really kind of brings in these young guys out of nowhere and, let's say, gives them a chance, you know? Unless it's a they really did it with good... Jordan Mickey. I think they do it more often than you're giving Jordan Mickey, Tyler Johnson, all these end-of-the-bench guys. Enough, I think you've already got enough young guys there. Derek mm. Jones. I, I think you, you can bring in one of the two-way guys if you wanted to. Um, the Heat just added another two-way player this weekend. I know you're pretty I don't, excited uh, about that move. So I mean, if you're if you're going to bring in one of those young guys, that's fine. But as far as for what, I available think, in free agency, 
Well, let me hear your names then. Obviously, Batman. Well, okay, like, I think they'll do. They, they're going to have spots available. I think at least one of the three spots, because we're really talking about three spots here, not two. Right. One of the three spots, at least one of them, will go to a young player. But um, we got to take an ad break really quick. So let's pick this up after the break. Um, we'll talk about our the two guys that we think, two or three guys that we think the Heat will add if Wade and UD retire. And then we've got some questions about Deion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside. We'll get to those when we come back after this break. Back with Locked On Heat. Let's finish up this last question we got in this mailbag um, about free agents we think that the Heat could target if Wade and UD do retire. So I think they'll at least be a guard and a front court player. I think you're looking at guys who are comfortable not getting minutes. That's what they're going to be looking for, right? Right. I wonder if Mario Chalmers will fall into that category. I think he could. Oh, I if, think it, he if it means does. a return to Miami, I think he'd be willing to just say, "Look, I'll, I'll play when you need me." I, I'll say um, this: if he doesn't get that offer from Miami, he'll go join he? Dwayne Wade in China. That's more <laughs> likely to happen. Um, another name I have is Richard Jefferson. Ooh, no, 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 can't see that. Like I thought really? about, it. I thought about it because he does provide a lot of what we're looking for: locker room presence, yeah. leadership. Yeah, Jefferson, great quote, great guy to talk to. Absolutely. I think he was kind of ham-fisted into that role in Denver, and I don't think he wanted it. I think, you know, it was either that or, or retire. I think retirement's much more likely. Look, I mean, consider the fact that he was going to retire after Cleveland won that championship two seasons ago. Oh, man. He's been kind of hanging on there just because. But he's been hanging out in Denver. Denver's beautiful. Yeah. He's been hanging out in Cleveland. But none of those places are Miami. He's a SoCal guy. I don't know if Miami just said, look, we need Haslam's gone, Wade's gone. We re- they are desperately in need of a locker room presence at that point because they would be. Yeah. We'll give you the league minimum to hang out in South Beach. Mm. I-, I could see him doing it. Eh. So, yeah, it's that I can either retire and start my media career or make one and a half million, almost two million dollars to sit on the bench in, in Miami. Why not? I don't see it. I, I, I look. I, I can hear the the argument makes sense. I just don't see it. I mean, okay. Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs told me that he doesn't even expect him to sign with Cleveland, and that would be to reunite with his good friends Kevin Love and, and Channing Fry in a in a, a team that he's already played for. I just don't see him coming back there to okay. a to a team like this and, and and trying to fit in and understand his way there, especially when they're not competing for a title. W- what about a Jameer Nelson or a Corey Brewer? I thought about. I thought about Jameer and Brewer. I think they're too old, and I don't know that they're going to contribute. I, I honestly had Aaron Afalo. Is he a locker room guy? <laughs> he is. At least that was the idea when he was in Orlando last year. They brought him back for that, and, and, and he was a positive veteran presence, kind of similar to Wade in that he's kind of not a, really a three-point shooter and more of a mid-range guy. So I could see Miami kind of taking him and, and helping him work and kind of contribute at a high level. I I I think the Aflalo signing kind of makes sense if you're, if you're not going to be able to mm. bring back Wade, but um, I I prefer Aflalo to be honest over Corey Brewer and and Jameer Nelson. Nah, I mean, I, look, I know he can still contribute, but I mean, I, I think he's better off in in New Orleans backing up Alfred Payton to be honest with. You. Yeah, I think the Heat would go younger. I'm just trying. David West. No, I see. I can't after two years of. Two, three, four years of title hunting with San Antonio and Golden State and winning numerous titles. What's the point of coming back to Miami? You think he'll go for another, like, Houston Rockets type situation or something, like another title hunting team? Or he'll retire. Or, he, or, or he'll just retire. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, 
All right, so that kind of does it for like the the the, the only other like uh, locker room presence guy is like Kendrick Perkins, and I, I don't see that happening. Well, so I, a couple I, other names, not necessarily, oh, not yeah, not necessarily locker room types, but uh, oh yeah, that's what I meant. So we're so those are the locker room guys. Now we're kind of we're ready to move though, move on to like older veterans that who okay. could contribute possibly. Yes, I got Joe Johnson okay. coming back from with Miami. Thought about that. I could see it. I mean. Look, he went to Utah. I don't think they had legitimate title hopes. They, they were a playoff contender. Miami's a playoff contender. He had nothing but positive things to say. I don't know if that's just ISO Joe, you know, playing the media game as well as he has over the course of his career and just admi- you know admitting that Miami's a great team to play for. But he seemed to enjoy his run here, even if he wound up taking a lot of money to sign elsewhere. Um, he could come back here knowing he's not going to get a lot of playing time. He didn't get a lot of playing time in Houston. You know, either come back to Houston or go to Miami for another run. Why not play another year here? I've got Quincy AC. I've got Quincy AC on my list. I think that would be a can spread the floor a little bit. Yes, a surprisingly um, good three point shooter at this point. Yeah, yeah, I I would be all in on Quincy AC. I think that would be a really good move. Yeah, um, Burley gets that rebound for you. Can it, I, could be maybe what they were hoping to get out of Jordan Mickey. Yes, yes. I could see the Quincy I, Quincy AC to me makes a lot of sense, and he'd be he's on my list of like the top three guys I could see coming to Miami. That yeah. makes because it makes obviously they've been looking for a player like that because that's why they signed Mickey last season. Right. So it would make sense to me that they would then go for a Quincy AC type, right. especially if Haslam is no longer there. Absolutely, and um, they could sort of modernize the front court a little bit more. Um, so I've I've got another guy who I think there's a a a decent shot. Ty Wallace. Played with the Clippers last year. Okay. Um, you wrote a story about him, didn't you? I did. I had a chance to speak with him. Um, and, and he's a really nice kid. Works hard. But he's also like that positionless kind of... He's like a 6'5", kind of a 1, kind of a 2. Could play the 3 for you. A little in that Josh Richardson mold. Right. Um, handles the ball pretty well. Decent shooter. Just one of those guys that like works hard, does all those in between things, gets rebounds, steal, gets steals. He's just he's kind of a, a cross between almost a Magruder and a Josh Richardson, okay. but like a little bit more of a point guard than both of them. Yeah. So I don't know. He just fits like what I think that the Miami Heat would be looking for, and he'd be comfortable learning on the end of the bench, not necessarily playing as much. I think he would just appreciate being in a in a culture like Miami's and, and just getting a foot into the NBA. You know. I got you. I got you. Uh, I had two other names, but I, don't, I think they're very unlikely. One more promising would be Ja Okafor. I've got him on my list. He's, you know, obviously he worked at Miami, another Duke guy that played alongside Winslow, still has plenty of upside. If not for that crowded center position and the fact that you've already got Adebayo there, he seems to make a lot of sense. But I think that would have been a move that you'd made if you had traded Whiteside over the summer. And since that didn't happen, that's probably not going to happen as far as signing Okafor is concerned. I got Greg Monroe too, but that seems Mm. very unlikely, right? He's a guy that seems to make a lot of sense as far as his fit in Miami, underrated passer, big man, a little slow, but I I figured Miami could probably surround him with enough defenders where Monroe wouldn't be a a glaring hole in that aspect. Uh, I just think that he's probably looking for a more, a, a better, more likely team to advance. Yeah, I think he's probably looking for that role that he had in Boston last year. Come off the bench, score some points against other backups, and, and right. uh, those are all my guys that I really have. As uh, Josh Hustis, yeah, uh, Trevor Booker. You know, Hustis, I was surprised. I thought about that because look, he's a smart guy. Went to Stanford, played in Oklahoma City. He was kind of on and off that roster for a number of years there. Pretty good locker room guy. Was supposed to project as a long defender. 
and has that capacity, he just he never really were, was able to translate into something productive. His offense is horrible. And so yeah. I think, you know, I thought that maybe Miami might take a chance knowing how much they love defense, but he can't score. And he's also 27, so it's not like he's a young, young guy. You know, it's not like right. he's a 22-year-old that you're going to take a chance on and hope to develop. So I, I don't know that they do it on Houston. I, I, I agree. Um, that's any basically we got to go on to the, the final question here, but it's essentially this list that we. There's no LeBron James on this list. There's no real contributor on the list. The list at best, I think like a Quincy AC um, or somebody like that who can just step in every once in a while and contribute in the in. You know, in the case of an injury, you know, Mario Chalmers or something like that might be get might be as exciting as that oh, list gets. But I've seen people theorize Jamal Crawford. Riley has liked Crawford for a long time. That's not. Gonna I happen. don't see that happening. I I think From that Crawford's, Crawford's still, perspective, yeah, I think he wants to play for a contender or a, a, a surefire playoff team. And I think whatever happens here, the Heat are gonna. If the Heat don't use the MLE on Wade, they're only they're not using the MLE, right? Because they're, they're not. It's all going to be the minimum, and I still think Crawford gets a little bit more than the veteran minimum. I just think that he's got that reputation in the NBA still. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see Crawford happening. Oh, uh, Nick um, Young. All right, it's time to move on to our next question here. <laughs> so no, uh, no Nick Young. I mean, I don't want. I want Nick Young no. away from South Beach as much as possible. No. But yeah. No. Okay. Jeez, Nick Young and Hassan Whiteside's late nights in, in the Whiteside Fish Mansion. It's just, it's not good. Uh, this last question comes from Kyle, who asks, assuming Dion comes back fully healthy and Hassan comes back healthy and committed as a team player, who makes the bigger impact next year? Impact can be defined as better win-loss record and progressing past the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so Dion, healthy. Whiteside, healthy, committed, engaged. Who makes a bigger impact next season? I don't have a clear answer, and I know I'm copping out here, but I really I'm not sure where how to draw the the, the definition point, the defining point here, because I think my gut tells me that Whiteside, an engaged Whiteside, would be the the best contributor there because look, he he provides more on defense. Mm-hmm. He's good. if he's engaged as a rim protector, and and Miami's defense is still predicated on funneling guys towards Whiteside and having him block shots and impact. Uh, 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 opponent's ability to get a, an easy shot off, I think that's the bigger impact there. And then you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy who can pull down a, a large number of rebounds, who's going to clean up missed layups from Josh Richardson, Goran Dragic, and Dion Waiters, etc. Uh, and, and although his passing doesn't seem like it's likely to take a huge leap, let's make that assumption then that a fully engaged Hassan is willing to at least pass the ball out three or four times and maybe get his assist numbers up a little bit better. Uh, and if that's the case, that just translate in, translates into a much more effective, happier, well-rounded team. Than, and, and even as good as as Dion is and as much as I'd like him, I think they can get that kind of scoring and versatile defense from a number of other players on this roster. Uh, not to mention Dwayne Wade, not to mention Tyler Johnson, et cetera. So there are guys that can already fill in what Dion can provide. I think Hassan is alone in that aspect where if he's really engaged and on – there's nobody else who can do what he does. I mean, yep, that pretty sum- that pretty much sums it up. I'll- the only thing I'm going to add here is that Hassan Whiteside, if he's healthy com- and committed and engaged as a team player, that is an All NBA center. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like that is always that's been the pro- we that's been the problem with Hassan Whiteside is that he hasn't been healthy for the last couple of years, and then he hasn't been committed to be to doing what was best for winning team basketball and he's been committed to trying to do what was best for himself 
But if he switches that mindset and now he's all of a sudden a team player who's setting the consistent screens all the time, passing to guys, not taking dumb, you know, 18-foot jump shots that he shouldn't be taking. Um, if he is that, he's we're talking about the best center in the Eastern Conference now. So, yeah, that that version of Hassan Whiteside is the more impactful player. And but even if he's a notch below that, we have seen the Sun Whiteside when happy and when and and engaged. Maybe not committed to team basketball, but at least engaged. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. is dominant for games at a time, where Dion can dominate for minutes at a time. And so even in that case, I would say a Sun Whiteside is in the in this proposition that Kyle has for us. I think Whiteside is still the more impactful player. Yeah. That said. If the, if we were to change this question, David, and say who is more likely to make a greater oh, impact next yeah. season, I would say it's Deion Waiters yeah, because I, he could I come think, out yeah, and score eighteen are, points. Just a game. have no faith in what Whiteside can do at this point, right? I just look. I'll believe it when I see it at this point. You know, and the, my only knock against Deion since he's been in Miami has been that he rolled, he hurt his ankle last year, and that has been my only knock against him. Otherwise, he's been great. Like I, uh, well, the first thirty games of last year, he wasn't very good. But he also wasn't healthy still, right. and so when Dion is healthy, I've been it. I, when Dion, yeah, since he's been Miami, and, and when Dion is healthy, I think he's just consistently made a better impact than than Whiteside. So. All right, well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us by email at lockdownheat at gmail or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOE. Thanks to everybody who submitted questions for our mailbag. Uh, support the show by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash lockdownheat. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Thanks for listening. One last thing before you go. If you run a company and you're unhappy with your return from advertising online or in print, try something new and advertise on a podcast here at Locked on Heat. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. More and more people are listening every day. 50% of U.S. households listen to a podcast, and one in five Americans between ages 18 and 49 listen to at least one a month. That's according to Nielsen. Thanks to the rise in mobile options from iTunes to Spotify and more, to your smart speaker at home, there's more ways than ever to listen to podcasts. Now is the time to get in. Be ahead of your competition and start advertising on a podcast with us. Our rates are reasonable and based on the number of listens, so you get what you pay for, with numbers to back it up. Whereas print, TV, and radio ads are a shot in the dark. You have no idea who is reading, watching, or listening. That's not the case with podcasts. If you want to reach engaged, passionate, and knowledgeable South Floridians, this is the way to do it. For more information on next steps, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company on the next episode.